Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Thanksgiving week continues. Are we feeling festive? I'm just feeling very joyful to get a little bit of a, a break. Are you guys getting breaks? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting breaks. Thank God. Guys, today I got a break. Got my period. It came. We're excited about it. Congratulations. We were, the red long awaited. Were we wave. were we awaiting her arrival? We were, we're waiting for her arrival. <laughs> we were, she came a little late. She came a little late. Really? Um, but you know, hey, it, she came. She came. And um yeah. I I was so excited and then the universe had to knock me down a few pegs. I did get a parking ticket from a revel because <gasps> I I went into uh, on Starbucks arrival. for a little bit to get a pumpkin spice latte to celebrate the arrival. <laughs> and <laughs> let me just say it was a $60 pumpkin spice latte. So, oh. so I am feeling festive still. Inflation. That is Inflation festive. But, yeah, that is despite it all. That is true optimism. That is, <laughs> that is true optimism. That's always like, I wish I had the opposite problem where it's just like, I'm so bad with my birth control that she's just popping up every couple of days. Yeah, a little bit of spotting. It's hell. All all of my underwear is black. Hello, Mel. Mine is like that, which is how I knew within two days when something was very wrong. (laughs) Mine mine was too. Call back. That's why it was a little. A little touch and go for there. Yeah. But. Before we get into today's <laughs> daily episode, I did notice that you both have some really fun shows coming up and it's been a minute. And I know that some people, December is a famously uh, touristy time for, for New York. So in case we have any listeners that will be in town, I can tell some of you are because I've been getting um, um, several messages every weekend asking me where people can get cannabis in the city, which will be one of our talking points today. So let us know uh, where can people share a blunt with you and see you both doing comedy in the weeks coming up? Yes. On December 4th, I'm doing my clown, my class clown hour again at Union Hall. And that's a Sunday night at 730. Please, please, please come. Great openers too. I mean, you're the star, but... Yeah, great. I got some great openers. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be a fun festive time where we where, you know, I, I just I really share that I'm so over that I didn't win class clown in high school. <laughs> I'm so over. I don't even care anymore. Like, who cares? Um, but it'll be fun because there are people from my high school coming in the audience. That Really? Perfect yeah. Sunday night is to uh, this time I'm going to come because it's a perfect Sunday mm-hmm. night. I can save my social battery all day and then go home just in time. To watch the White Lotus. I'm yep. loving season two. I think oh, I loved it more. too. Do you see my hair? I cut my hair to be like Haley Lee Richardson. Do you like it? Oh, I love it looks it. great. It's great. It's Thank great. You. I think you um, dress better than Haley. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. they got that girl wearing. They 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 are really trying to signal Gen Z with all her outfits. I like them, but I do think sometimes I'm like, wow, they're <laughs> really. 
I, I heard think she that picked she... her own outfits. Oh, I heard she styled That's herself. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Quirky. But I also feel like wow, we can get into all the white lotus of it. First, what I wanted to say is that I've seen Millie's show and it's amazing. Um, and you. everyone should come out and see Millie's show. <laughs> Number two, the white lotus of it all. I feel like they're trying to draw a lot of parallels between Portia and Tanya. And I think Tanya mm. wears this very like colorful boomer mm. lady look. Mm. And now we have the Gen Z version, which is uh, Portia with her patterns and her yeah. bright colors. Like they actually have very similar palettes if you look at what they're wearing. Mm. So maybe I'm reading too much in, but I always, mm. I love I to analyze a white lotus. Yeah, I don't think it's possible to read too much into it, to read too much into it. Yeah, no, with the parallel shots of the ocean and of Ugh. statues, like yep. this motherfucker is trying to say something. Right, yeah. exactly. That's why I'm like, they're trying to, they're, this is like a Taylor Swift music video. There are Easter oh, eggs God. in here. I, just love, <laughs> I, just, oh, I do God. think the show is very, very good, but there's also just, um, I never got into the Game of Thrones of it all. It just wasn't for me. So to, to be part of appointment television on HBO makes me feel really good and included. Wow, Amanda, yeah. you weren't even part of Succession Hive? I feel like you were in Succession why. Hive. I, for some reason, I fell behind on... I will next time. I will this next time. I have to catch up. It's just hard for me because I don't like root for any of them. Yeah. But really, when I tell you that's the Murdochs, yeah. that is... If you mm-hmm. see the, the, the documentary about the Murdochs and then the opening of like they show home footage of like the Murdochs when they were kids mm. and then the beginning of the succession theme it's like shot for shot it's really creepy that sounds like something I should that sounds like a cozy yes. holiday weekend watch well yeah. I'm reading this book about the opioid epidemic and the Sackler family of very cool very sexy reading gift guide. <laughs> yes it, um, I'm reading a book about the Sackler family and they literally reference succession in that book because so many people who worked with the Sacklers are like, this is exactly what Gen 2 of the Sacklers, like the kids who didn't actually found once you get to like the grandkids and the kids who didn't actually found the company that were just like coasting off the billions of dollars they were raking in on Oxycontin uh, apparently it was a very similar dynamic. Wow. At least when are your shows coming? <laughs> oh my God. I actually like don't even know. I was like, skip me. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. go on Alicia's, I've been, go on I'll Instagram go on my feed. Instagram and you'll, I'll let you know when I, I have a show every other Tuesday at the gutter in Brooklyn. Um, it's called low stakes, which I host with a really fun group of people. And we usually get really great lineups of people to try out their new stuff. So that is a place you can see me once I'm back every other Tuesday day in Brooklyn and the gutter is a bowling alley. So if you're oh, a bowling fun. person, That's you could, you know, you could translate it into a night of bowling or whatever. They've got a great bar. So that's kind of a permanent appointment that I have. If you ever want to come see one of my shows in Brooklyn, and we'll find her there. Hey, American fever dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic. The next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. 
There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. The state of New York has finally awarded its first cannabis dispensary licenses. Now, I am probably one of like maybe 150 people in the state paying this close attention to this. <laughs> I'm also shocked because I've been buying weed in exactly. stores. Exactly. In New York. Like, oh, you mean the bodega like, on my corner? Well, that's the interesting thing here is that obviously it did not take the formalization of these. This process has been a little bit delayed because it just takes a while. Also, the city, you know, states have tried to do it in a social equity way and they've had some successes and they've had some things that have held them back. So it has been delayed. But 28 of these new licenses go directly to people who have been affected by bias enforcement of criminalization. So usually that means like um, they were um, incarcerated, a family member, a parent, just maybe just a work associate. The connection has to be pretty strong. And then a number of them, about eight, went to nonprofits with a history of helping incarcerated people. I just kind of <laughs> like the idea of nonprofit. Like one of them is yeah. Housing Works, which Housing Works is basically like, um, it's like a really nice Goodwill. It's like where the rich people bring their furniture in New York. So I guess they're just going to have, and they're, they, and also money. weed. And also weed now. You can get, you sure. Can get a, sure. a stool and a blunt at the housing work. <laughs> well, but these people will get help from social equity task forces. So that's the thing about this sort of big batch is they're going to get help with their rent and with creating a storefront. And more licenses will be awarded later. But as Ms. Morales said, obviously, if you walk around New York City, you'll see that there are many, many places to buy cannabis. Like, as people ask me now, my answer used to be like, well, you can text this number and then you got to save this and you got to be home when you text them. And you got to have the perfect yeah. amount. And now it's like, just just go into a bodega and just sort of say... <laughs> You got a cartridge and they'll they'll tell you everything that you have. Those places are sort of yeah. in like a legal gray area. Enforcers are starting to say they're going to crack down on that so that legit shops that follow the rules will reap the benefits. You know, people that have been- I paying, guess that makes sense. I guess, I guess. <laughs> I but, guess. But, I don't know. Just let people make some money. I know. I'm like, egg owners are probably making more than they than they ever had. Yeah, I do think it's good that people who have been like victims of inequitable policing and victims of the war on drugs are getting the first like le- real dispensaries. But um, number one, you can buy weed openly at bode- a lot of bodegas now. And number two, they have these very weird cannabis clubs, which I walked into one for one second, was <laughs> immediately overwhelmed by so many people. They're like, you can't touch anything. You have to order everything on this thing. You have to buy a membership or you can do this. Da, 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 that it was like, it was so not the vibe that I want at all. Um, when yeah. I'm just trying to like buy a vape cartridge, I don't need to be like Apple stored and like, you know, descended upon in that way. Um, And then we like got to the register and they were the other person that we had talked to forgot to send the register our order and And me and Danny just were like, we're done. And we just walked out. (laughs) I just stopped using it. So the cannabis clubs, I, (laughs) yes, literally. And then walked to a bodega around the corner and easily purchased everything that I wanted. So what I will say is that if you come to New York, 
Don't even bother with the cannabis Empire Cannabis Club. I'll say their name. <laughs> See, I, here, I'm a big fan of Empire Cannabis Club, but maybe the Brooklyn oh my shop God. is not. It is. It is true. Like, here's. I am such. A, I am like. This is. I'm a person who consumes a lot of news and is a media literate person. But even me, I'm like. I'm like. But can you get weed from the bodega? What about the fentanyl? There. It's all fine. It's all fine. Like if you go in and. But I do. I do think that these these Empire Cannabis Clubs also is not like a legit shop. They're just sort of like a shiny version. Um, but I do think places like that, even though there will be more casual places, you're always going to get the people that would prefer the Apple store experience. Or like yeah, that is not me. Know what they're getting. But at I, the same time, there's part of me that's like, I don't really mind if bodega owners can finally pay their rent and maybe send more home to family because they're selling some pre-rolls. That does not bother me. Well, I kind of like the the... The traditional weed owner guy who you text and Fair. will drive to your neighborhood and you like Don't forget him and, and you know is like does he think I'm cool? <laughs> I made it one of my finally, favorite shows of all time. Yeah, exactly. Finally, he asks you how your day's going and you're like, oh, he's talking to me. Uh, it's going well. And before you even answer, he pulls off. Uh, I like that experience as Mine opposed to an apple. Sh- well, I know sometimes I had the weed dealers that would actually smoke the weed with mm. you at your house and that sucks or like the people that you have to hang out with to get weed but mm. um i i love the idea of non because you know everyone's saying oh weed should be legal for the tax of it all or whatever but i love the idea of non-profits being able to um being able to to use it and, and mm-hmm. to to sell weed and i was just thinking about um i did this this fundraiser for uh or i went to a fundraiser for a domestic violence nonprofit and a part a big part of their their programming is teaching uh, you know and a lot of immigrant um domestic violence uh victims and they teach these women a lot of them start their own catering companies and have like their own taco carts and cool. taco trucks and stuff and i'm like oh i would love if they got their weed license and were able to sell weed they, and, some of them can yeah, yeah. One, of the, one of the recipients it is a lot of small business owners one of them is a pet store so you can get your <laughs> pets pick up your pets yes, and rusty. Your at the same time and you know incidentally <laughs> this is good timing because like i said the, the licensing process has been it's taken it's taken a little while um but there are already farms that are state licensed in the city or excuse me in the, I, don't, I haven't seen any in the city but in the state of new york apparently there is new york has currently 750 million dollars worth of cannabis stockpile that growers can't sell because oh. there aren't these legal licensed dispensaries i mean a lot of the the stuff that you're getting in bodegas or getting from the guy that comes to your house is from California. I know mine has like mm-hmm. a CA on it. While these farms are state licensed, as I said, obviously, again, the dispensary licensing has been delayed. So there's about at least 300 pounds of cannabis that no one can buy and is currently going bad in the state of New York, oh, no. which is really one of the most tragic. What a tragedy. On this I know. Clock is ticking, people. Let's get these. Let's come on Housing Works. Let's open those doors. Well, yeah. okay. Let's talk about what's in the New York strain of, of weed because California, we already know, but I'm excited to smoke some New York rat piss weed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I want to know what you guys think. <laughs> that like, yummy everything, buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Everything bagel weed. <laughs> I'm sure there are going to be some like really good weed farms in like Woodstock. Yeah. Like people Absolutely. like like that the the culture and infrastructure is already there for people to just become weed farmers. Hudson I would Valley not be surprised. Just yeah. illicit. 
But you know what? If there are any cannabis farmers listening and you do, I will drive. I will get on the back of Millie's Revel. I can't drive, but we'll get up there somehow and take this aging cannabis off of your hands. We'll help you. We'll help you name it. Yeah, maybe a nice a New York City strain would be like a, a white fish diesel. <laughs> hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Let's speak briefly about Twitter because it is, of course, time. The Twitter timeline, it's amazing that we still haven't really talked about the fact that, like, it was only, I believe, the previous Friday that, that it was supposed to, like, basically go down. But some things that have also happened is that Elon Musk has reinstated access for Donald Trump, Kanye West, and Jordan Peterson. It's basically a list of, like, the worst people you've ever heard of. And then Kathy. Gray. I know. <laughs> And it really is only a matter of time before this man just like builds a time machine just so he can revive Hitler, Stalin, and Mussolini to put them on the platform. Got him. Disturbing things. (laughs) Got him. That's an Amanda joke, everybody. (laughs) It was written ahead of time. Yay just tweeted Shalom, which is just, well, you mentioned this yesterday. It's just icky. Yeah. It's terrible. I mean, as for Trump, he says he's sticking to, (laughs) we're going to return to the anti-Semitism, but let's, let's. Let's settle into the Trump intersection for a moment. He says he's sticking to true social. He said at an event with the Republican Jewish coalition, I don't see any reason for it, claiming that true social had better engagement. And then he went on a lot of other truths that I like had a very hard time confirming whether they were real. It's hard because I don't want to access true social, but he's basically (laughs) dragging Elon and is like, this guy can't do anything right. He was begging me for help. He's rolling out the red carpet, but I'm not going to get on this. So there is a slight gratification into, um, into seeing at least two of our least faves feud, if this is a feud. He craved oh, it so is. much he could taste it. That's not verified. <laughs> That's what Trump said. Oh, e- uh, Elon rolled. I'm, this is the truth social post, apparently. The alleged truth social post. Alleged. Elon rolled out the red carpet and is begging me to return to the failing Twitter. But truth is special. We've got the best ratings of any social media platform. Elon thinks about me noon and night because he needs me more than I need him. He'd crave Trump so much he can taste it. It's fun to watch him grovel at my feet. Hey, Elon, I'll come back when you call me daddy. Oh. <laughs> whoever whoever came He's... up with that is an artist. <laughs> 
<laughs> Trump or somebody else. But a lot, a lot to unpack here. A lot to unpack here. I don't know. I mean, we've already talked about the role of Trump and Twitter. But, you know, this incredibly influential man allowing extreme dangerous ideas on this platform is just happening amid like a lot of more problematic things that we haven't necessarily touched in on. So we'll touch in on them. This month, Dave Chappelle, sometimes there there are a lot of anti-Semitic things happening all the time. And sometimes people think I'm like ignoring them. Trust me, I see them. They hit me very hard. And that is sometimes why they are not covered. But sometimes I just wait to collect them because there will always be a trio that we can discuss. Within a week, there will be a trio of terrible anti-Semitic uh, things to discuss. So this month, a couple weeks ago, Dave Chappelle took a break from punching down on trans people to mock Jews for being oversensitive about anti-Semitism. In an SNL monologue, so Dave Chappelle, it's now a tradition that he always hosts after elections, but he didn't spend much time on the midterm elections, even though there was plenty of content. Instead, he referenced Kanye and Kyrie Irving's anti-Semitic references. Chappelle suggested it's okay to believe Jews run Hollywood as long as you don't say it out loud. And he basically belittled the offense that Kyrie Irving was suspended over, which was that he promoted a very anti-Semitic film. This film is like a greatest hits of anti-Semitic tropes that have gotten Jews killed throughout history and get them killed now. Basically, he suggested that the NBA was too hard on Kyrie and he got a minimal, even though Kyrie got a minimal suspension, he has to take some courses and make some donations. This led Dave Chappelle to conclude, which I think was a lot of people's like really took issue with this part of the SNL monologue. I know that Jewish people have been through terrible things all over the world, but you can't blame that on black Americans. You just can't. <laughs> I don't even like we react to these people all of the time and I don't want to force us to constantly do it. But it's still it's just like why we've been talking about this man being transphobic. So why was he even on SNL to give a monologue to be anti-Semitic in the first place? Because he's best friends with Lauren Michaels, guys. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> the people I'm... in charge of that show like him. Yeah. Um, also, like, I don't think anti-Semitism is funny at all. I just think it's so funny that people holding Kanye West and Kyrie Irving accountable for their anti-Semitic comments means that people are blaming Black Americans for the horrific things against Jewish people. Like, I don't think anyone's ever said that. No one said, you know, the Holocaust? That was Black people in America. <laughs> that just doesn't even make sense. What no, it's. Happening? I mean, exactly. Like, they're being held accountable. It's not like people just chose random influential black men to blame anti-Semitism on. These people made anti-Semitic <laughs> right. remarks, promoted anti-Semitic works, and that is what they're being called on, out on. There's a direct correlation to an action by that individual person and the criticism that they are receiving. So, right, right, I mean... Right. But Dave Chappelle, I mean, he's th this is what he's doing now. He's thrown his lot in with the J.K. Rowlings and all of these people who, you know, ride high on public sentiment for a long time and then get critiqued for a backwards idea. And instead of internalizing that, thinking, changing, listening, mm -hmm. uh, they decide to make their whole brand be, I'm going to say, stuff that upsets people now. And I'm going to double down on this and it's going to, like, my entire uh, mm -hmm. persona is now going to be this. Because like you said, he's coming on days after an election. He could have talked about that. He could have talked about actually literally anything. Um, yeah, he, monologues when are he, supposed to be timely and he chose to talk about like that story was sort of a week old and sort of like resolved 
Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's like whatever, talk about it. But it's like this is the point of that. Like he I don't loves know. to punch down. He just can't, he loves it. He takes every opportunity he can. Well, I think what Elise was saying was on the money. It's that he is now the cancel comic, like cancel culture yeah. comic, and you know he's. Again, I think that there's something like he's allergic to accountability. He thinks that accountability is the most disgusting thing ever and everyone's too sensitive and there's no learning. There's no reflection. Everyone else is the problem. And I don't know. I don't think the, you know, like Kyrie Irving, it's just like you can be, we talk about this all the time. You can be the guy that says whatever you want or you can be the guy that makes money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The guy that makes money is not the guy that says whatever he wants. And yeah. the, the the problem lies with these people and with Dave Chappelle and all this stuff is that they want to be the cool cutting edge guys that make a lot of money. And that's just not what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, people haven't really like backstepped on on Kanye because it's about trans people. You know, some people have, but not any major companies because these companies are all fucking terrible. Um, and then Dave Chappelle is friends with a lot of a lot of Jewish people in the industry. So maybe he feels like he can he has a say or like he gets it or something, you know, which I mean I'm just not even gonna say that, oh yeah. all the Jewish people are in power, but it's like he does have Jewish friends, so maybe he feels like he can get away with saying this or something like that. Um, and they right, they give right. him a pass. And he just but- doesn't understand. It's like the audience. It's like, okay, if you're going to say like, come on, we all know Jews run everything to like a very small crowd at Saturday Night Live. They're going to hear, oh, haha, funny, because Jews were so smart and we run things. But somebody somebody who is hateful in a different part of the country is going to hear, yeah, because yeah, Jews run everything. That's right. Exactly. And and that's a good, I mean, that's a good point. It's like, if you're in New York City on a small, in a small comedy club and you make that joke, it's bad, it's stupid, it's whatever. Versus like, are you on like a nationally syndicated channel? Or like somebody are, in Kentucky like was, who's never met a Jewish person and has this and whole, even like, New York, there was threats in Penn Station like last week. There was a near disaster averted an anti-Semitic, an anti-Semitic threat. Yeah. And I mean, what like we talked about it when we talked about Colorado Springs, but like there's a direct line between this kind of rhetoric and violent shit that we've been seeing over and over and over again. There has been anti-Semitic violence multiple times in recent years. It's just not thoughtful or interesting or new or right. <laughs> like, yeah, like, okay, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. It's disappointing to see again. Um, the Kanye stuff is 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 so ridiculous. Kyrie Irving, he's just susceptible to literally every conspiracy theory. So, like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. say he's not anti-Semitic, but this is a man who's been on record saying that he believes the Earth is flat. Like ten years ago, he said that. Yeah, there's so there's like factors. Yeah, yeah, he's a fucking idiot. It's Kanye is like a are. different. Yeah, but I'm just like true. But then Chappelle, and I mean, you know, I. React reactionary centrism. <laughs> it's just like everyone's taking everything too seriously. Everyone's so sensitive, and everyone needs to lighten up. 
Um, why don't you lighten up, Kanye? Why don't you g- d- give a fucking set that has a joke or a punchline <laughs> in it, please? What is funny about any of this? You haven't done yeah. a funny stand-up special in fucking seven years. Why don't you lighten up? Before we end for today, did you guys see Julia Fox saying that she dated Kanye West because he hoped it would make him leave Kim alone. <laughs> did you see that? Yeah. I did. And I, then I watched the TikTok and I'm like, she has a point. <laughs> I've the Julia Fox. She, I've really enjoyed her content. That mm, one kind yes. of threw me off a little bit because, and then she just kept saying she was like, and also with me, I mean, I believe her. She was like, he was normal with me guys. Like I swear that stuff. Normal. I believed. I thought I the comment about like, I was doing it to get her off Kim's back. I thought that was like a little, that I was, was like, girl, funny. that took it. That was a step beyond my, my belief personally. But I did think the overall thing of like, I don't know. I dated him. He was acting fine. I wasn't really thinking that much about it. And by the time you guys all heard about it, we already weren't dating. Like we had already ended that. I believe that she did it with some kind of, with any thought towards getting him off Kim's back, I don't buy. Well, I think, you know, what she was saying too was like, when we were together, he wasn't tweeting. He wasn't that. He wasn't doing any of that. He was like, we were just dating and having fun. Yeah, she made it sound so, it's like he, she, like, she was just like dating a very smart, weird, interesting guy. Who then yeah, said, <laughs> but he was preoccupied with her. Yeah. You know, and then when he started what like when he started doing that, she's like, okay, I can't. And then that's when it really got bad. So well, we are about to record an advice episode where a listener asked for recommendations having dated a, a sociopath. But before we do that, very quickly, I don't I don't think we should spend too much time in this topic because I don't really know what's like allowed to say, but I do want to talk about a theory that surfaced about Carrie Lake. <laughs> One person that has was not rewarded for menacing behavior, fortunately, was Carrie Lake. She was the Republican nominee for governor. Of Arizona. Now, there was an episode of this podcast where (laughs) Elise Mm -hmm. Morales referred to Carrie Lake offhand as a woman of color who could put a a sheen on Trump's extreme ideas. I remember hearing that and being like, oh, is that? I didn't, I didn't know that. And I, I I can't remember if I like went to fact check it or didn't or just, and then never, never thought about it again. And then I heard somebody else say it. And I said it on the podcast too. You both said it. And I, I don't know why I just sort of like didn't (laughs) engage with it because it wasn't until after she lost and I started sending you both these threads. At least you were like, yeah, I thought she was a woman of color. See, it is unclear if Carrie Lake identifies as a woman of color, but after she lost more and more people, specifically black people, specifically black people from Arizona were like, I think she is a black woman who is passing as white and is not owning her identity as a black American. And then there was just, you know, lots of threads. Listen, I don't know what I'm allowed to say here. No, <laughs> have it is you... so interesting that it never occurred to me. And both of you were like, that is a mixed race woman. Well, first of all, I thought her name was Kari Lake for a long time. <laughs> I was like, oh, Kari Lake. Second of all, it, go back to those pictures of her in the 80s. I swear to God, she looks exactly like the mom from Sister Sister Jackie Henry. She looks <laughs> with the 80s hair and a black, there's a black and white photo of Kari Lake yeah, that's from the, the 80s. That we're sharing. And she looks exactly like Jackie Henry, bitch. And third of all, there is something there. She got a little bit of something. I'll say that. I mean, yeah, you- I had no idea that that was not just op- like, 
I thought, well, I mean, obviously, clearly, I thought that she was just a woman of color. I thought that was part of her. She might honestly, like, I thought she was like a Candace owens type figure. And that was part of her conservative talk show host sheen is that also she's like, I'm mixed or whatever. Either way, clearly, there's more to that than I know. All I can say is that if this is a passing situation, she didn't pass here. <laughs> or it could be like a Joe Manganiello. Do you know that story? The Joe Manganiello. No. Um, he is an actor who's married to Sofia Vergara. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I'm Italian. I'm Italian. He goes on that PBS fucking um, ancestry show. And they're like, you're Italian. Your grandfather was black. <laughs> he was passing wow. as Sicilian. I, yeah, I did see a tweet that was like somebody just told her that her she's part Cherokee. Mm-hmm. But and I mean, she, she is yeah. a beautiful woman. She she looks to me a lot like Ashley Darby, who is, I believe, mixed race. Yeah, she's she's mixed, and her and Ashley Darby's dad looks exactly like her baby daddy but anyway well, uh, when when uh <laughs> carrier Kari lake decides to re-enter the public discourse probably as trump's winning mate we'll see we'll see which identity uh, that i stand by <laughs> that thing that i said on this up that she and him will run together on a fraud ticket if he gets that far that i still stand by objective <laughs> Regardless of what my <laughs> understanding of her background is, that is right. That is not related to my the race on her birth prediction. We don't know. Nobody. Will the, know I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, okay. where's her birth certificate, Trump? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is our show. We are we're here all week still. We'll be with you tomorrow and Thanksgiving with an episode. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betchessa Podcast. Bye. The Betchessa Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sasmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sasmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.